0: Hubhopper Originals Guys, I'm so excited. My newest baby, my 30th book, Being Gandhi has just been launched, published by HarperCollins. I'm I love this book. So, I'm going to read to you a little bit from it. Here is chapter one. My life sucks, just sucks. Preeti ma'am, she's nice and everything, but you've got to admit that she's one of the most boring teachers in the world. It's like a necessary qualification. In the interview, a potential teacher gets asked, are you boring? No, no, I'm a very interesting person with a wonderful sense of humor. Ah, reject next okay i have had some teachers who were fun but i think they were closet fun like they don't let the authorities know that's why if a class bursts into laughter we're told to hush up no one should get to know that there was fun happening within the walls of a paper dry classroom but pretty ma'am Well, she just stands out. She could well be the queen of Boringistan, where she rules with deadpan face and monotone voice. And then I start drawing a graphic novel. Well, not a graphic novel, just some doodles uh, of Boringistan with Preeti ma'am as the queen bee. Someone's pinched my ear. I raise my hand to wallop them back, but draw it back as the class gasps in collective horror. Of course, it's Preeti, ma'am. And of course, she's snatched my page away and is examining it. But of course, she can't understand what I've drawn or see any humour in it. Naturally not. She's the queen of Boringistan. Tell me what you want to do for your project. Blank. I don't know what project she's talking about. Answer me, she snaps. Um, ma'am, I think uh, this would require some thought. I'll have some ideas and discuss them with you tomorrow, she smirks. She knows I'm buying time. She knows I know nothing. Initial thoughts then, she persists. Gulp. She's just being mean and she knows it too. I glance over at Sid, who sits in front of me. We always help each other out in times of need. Look at me, Preeti ma'am roars. And before I snap my eyes back at her, I've caught the word Kandhi. Mouthed by Sid Oh you Sid I shoot a grin at him Ma'am Gandhi is a very bad is a very vast topic I almost said bad topic but I swallowed it back and and, and ma'am with 2nd October coming up we have to think of something really um, unique I mean everyone will be doing something special for Gandhi Jayanti isn't it Gandhi G to you you scoundrel You think you're on first name basis with the father of the nation or what? She snaps, but she knows she's defeated. I barely swallow back the retort. Ma'am, if I was on first name basis, I would have said Mohandas. Gandhi was his surname. But I don't. I smile a smile as innocent as I can manage through my gloating. Mohandas Karamchand Gandhi. That's what she was on about. That's what all the teachers think about once September hits. I get that it's, you know, Gandhi Jayanti is coming up and all right, Gandhi Ji, Mahatma. I know you can't just say Gandhi. But yeah, with 2nd October coming, every class has to put up something. I mean, I know he's the father of the nation and a great man. Well, I was. But sometimes I feel it just gets too much. I mean, after all, there are other people also who did wonderful things for our country. But no, we always have to just, just do Gandhi Jayanti. So, Preeti ma'am says, so the assignment that you have is to try and be Gandhi for a day. Be Who? Gandhi, you know, Mahatma Gandhi, father of the nation. I I, I know Gandhi, but how can I be Gandhi? I mean, there are no British to throw out, uh, unless you're thinking of chucking out the foreign exchange students. I laugh. She doesn't. I think my joke was quite funny. She didn't. She gives me one of her famous long steady stares and says, Chandra Shekhar. And then, of course, a long lecture starts and I'm tuning out again this is my point why Gandhi why only Gandhi well the class assignment that I have given you is to be Gandhi for a day but wait Chandrasekhar I am increasing yours to being Gandhi Gandhiji for a week no wait if you're not done it for a week I shall keep increasing the time period until you have. I want you to learn to be a bit more like Gandhi. Follow his example in your everyday life. And so on and on and on she goes. There's nothing stopping her now. But I don't care. I'm not really listening at all. No one would. Would you? And then I skip forward into the book, further and deeper, into Chandrasekhar's life, when something terrible happens. And yes, it's terrible, but initially he feels, what's it got to do with me? So this is Chapter 9. Worst fears come true sometimes. I feel as though I'm growing up every second, aging, like my own life is on fast forward and my teen years are zooming towards adulthood. The television volume is turned down finally, but the fire cannot be controlled with the tap of a button. The embers are catching and the flames are fast going out of control. It is then that suddenly the shouting seems to come closer. We all turn to the television to see if someone has turned the volume back up again. But no, no one has. The sounds are not out of a box. They are outside our door. At first the sounds are confusing, but pretty soon the words separate enough for us to make out what the crowd in the corridor wants. Blood. The mob is baying for blood. My own blood runs cold. I freeze. Were they coming for us? We all stand in a frozen tableau of terror. My mother is the first to move. She runs to make make sure the doors are bolted. She gestures to my father to move a sofa to secure the door further. But he doesn't move. He shakes his head. It's not for us, is all he says. And like a jigsaw, everything falls in place in that moment, as if I can see through the door. They've not come for us. The mob has followed the stranger and now they want him. They want him in our neighbor's house. Mum is trying to pull the sofa all by herself. I can see she's crying. I move closer to her. Mum, what will they do to him? Sobs come tumbling down, making sounds like a small wounded animal. Ma, what about Kiran and Sharon? Are they going to be okay? Can we get them? At least they're my friends. They're just kids. Mum stops trying to pull the sofa and looks at me, bereft. In that moment, I know what despair means. It means that she doesn't know. Doesn't know if the children in the next house are going to be safe. And if there's anything we can do about it. But I have to do something. I leap towards the door, furiously trying to pull back the rusty latch which is always stuck. Stop! Just stop! Dan roars. Dad, no! We have to try and stop them. We have to. I cannot let you go. Mum holds me tight. It's not safe, Peter. But then it's not safe for them either. I struggle to escape. Don't you see? If we try to help them then we are in trouble ourselves. And if we don't do anything, there's no answer to that. But there should be, shouldn't there? Shouldn't there? The sounds from across the corridor burst in upon us, wounding us, cutting at us. No, I'm not saying it is as bad for us. Our plates and glasses are not smashed. Our furniture is not burnt. Our skin is not cut. Our bones are whole, but our lives are not. And I know that we are not the same and may never be again. With every cry for help knocking at our door, we lose a little bit of ourselves. I know now how easy it is to say the right things, to believe the best of oneself and give advice. I always believed that we were the kind of people who would always step up and help those in need. We'd been good neighbours. We were helpful and kind, came to people's aid, stopped when there was an accident, gave money to beggars on the street. We were the good guys. But are we? Are we really? As the crowds leave, their bloodlust satisfied, we can't look each other in the eye. I know now that the violence that was happening in the city did have something to do with me. The world goes completely quiet, too shocked to move, to turn on the axis it has known all these years. I don't know what we did then. I don't know if anyone said anything. There is a silence so thick it defeats me deafens me. We need Mahatma Gandhi right now. How I wish we could bring him back somehow. But I can't. I sit very still and get a very strange thought. At least it's a very strange thought for me. It shakes me. Can can I? Little, old, odd me. Can I... I don't dare think it. If Gandhiji was here, what would he do? If there was this kind of rioting going on and he was not the Mahatma, but just a teenage boy, what would he do? What could he do? And if he could do, can I do? How in his gentle way would he shake this world that severely needed shaking right now? Could I, after all, be Gandhi and shake this world up? this you for original Hubhopper original. If you want to launch your podcast, then register to Hubhopper studio website and in one minute, launch your podcast